Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is the Thursday edition of the program here. Let's talk sports. I'm Kanoa Leahy coming to you from the PAXA studios in Honolulu, and it is Thursday. And that is a day that is primarily reserved for the presence of one of my best dudes, one of my favorite cats. His name is Rob DeMello. He is the sports director at KHON2. That's right. Robbie D is in the house. It's Robbie D Thursday. What's, What's up, Rob? What's up? What's up? You know, I don't have a cool uh, Billy Talk Sports yeah. BTS name. I kind of want one. We got to come up. If anybody has a suggestion, feel free. We're, we're looking for names here. Of wait, wait, wait. These, no, no. I, I, don't want, I don't want any suggestions. No, you don't know. Really? I feel like they'll be uh, negative. They, they won't be genuine yes. in nature? Yes, is, yes. Is, Have you run like, into oh, this? Oh, the, uh, it's Jerk Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's Smurf Thursdays <laughs> with Rob DeMello. <laughs> That was a bit of a height joke. Wait, you're saying that you've had a negative experience when people uh, call uh, you uh, anonymously in your workplace? No, Is that no, what's no. happening? No, it, It's called you are one of my best friends. <laughs> and if you are the one coming, <laughs> case in point, Smurf Thursday is the first thing that came out of your I'm mouth. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it's never have been allowed to ride a roller coaster Thursdays. <laughs> With Rob DeMello. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, anyway, Robbie D is in the house, and it's always good uh, to have you here. It's so funny because yesterday it was like an all Eolani show. And I think, like, everybody from other schools that have allegiances, they're like, all right, Kanoa, enough of this. So, I want to start talking about Eolani here today. Um, and, and actually, just because of the response to the story that, that we were talking about yesterday, where we had Jason Mandiquit, uh, JJ Mandiquit, the standout hoopster for Eolani. Uh, basically making the announcement here on the show that he was taking JJ and JD and Cody, the, the mom, to uh, Utah, and they were going to transfer to RSL Academy up there to continue their academic and athletic pursuits. And it's a big story because JJ Mandiquit, I think in the eyes of many, may be the best young island-born talent um, in, in, the, in the sport of basketball, maybe since Derek Lowe, and obviously the parallels because he also went to Iolani. I think those are always going to be there. You know, obviously Derek Lowe, I think, a little bit ahead of where J.J. is at currently when he was a freshman. Uh, but that said, I mean, he is a talent undeniably and, and continues to kind of grow and get better and has an obvious passion for the game. And so this was a pretty big story. Uh, and what was interesting to me, Rob, and hey, look, Twitter is a weird thing, right? It's like one of the best and worst things that's ever happened to humanity, right? Where it, it, it's able to interconnect people, right? We have been globalized like at no other time in the history of this planet. And then at the same time, it basically serves as an amplifier for some of the lunatic fringe and allows them to be galvanized more so than at any other time in human history. And so you're going to get some negative reaction, like you're talking about, if we open it up to people coming up with nicknames for the Thursday show and Rob DeMello's presence. Like, yeah, we might not be able to trust that all of those suggestions <laughs> are going to be positive and genuine. It just happens to be the case on social media. And so um, some of the blowback was interesting to me where you know people were making comments about 
how he was turning his back on Hawaii. And, you know, he's, he's going to join this fraternity of Hawaii athletes who left and who turned their back on the islands and where they came from. And that seemed a little strange to me because I thought, especially hearing directly from Jason Mandiquit himself, right, and, and just how difficult a thought process that was to finally come to a decision about, all right, what is best for my kids, plural, futures, uh, what, what is best under this umbrella of, hey, look, he's, he's got a talent for this thing. There could be a Division One scholarship out there for him. There will be, in fact. And, and so what's the best way to go about this? And, you know, he was saying it is difficult. He, he, he could not thank the people that supported JJ to this point, uh, whether it be from the Big Island or even at Iolani the last four years. He could not thank all of those people enough. Uh, and so this was a, a difficult decision to come to and probably very hard for him even to at times reconcile. And I just didn't quite understand some of the blowback when it came to social media responses. Yeah, and that's always something that in this line of work that we feel we hear a lot, uh, you know, whether even be players that choose not to go to the University of Hawaii and instead go to other schools, uh, you know, and, and it's one of those situations that everybody has a different story. Everybody has different circumstances. And not every decision is made just purely on who you represent as far as what uniform you're wearing, right? There's so many other factors. There's monetary. There is, uh, you know, relationships. There are just so many things that go into these kinds of decisions. And you just have to respect that whatever decision that this person is making, and we're not even just talking about this individual situation, it's just in all facets, that they are doing what's best for them in this one life that you have to mm -hmm, live. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and people can agree with it, disagree with it, but I think when it gets to the disrespecting and when it gets to the trying to put yourself in their shoes and turning it into, oh, turning your back on Hawaii kind of thing, I think that's where people need to take a step back and realize that not every decision is based on that. You've had opportunities to leave the islands and do what you do right now here elsewhere. You chose not to. I have had opportunities to leave Hawaii and I have to this point chose not to and I don't see any reason for me to choose. But that doesn't mean that anyone who does take those opportunities care less about Hawaii. It just means that it worked better for them. It's, it's a better situation for them. It's a situation that they want to go and navigate and they can mm -hmm. yeah i think you know we were talking a little bit before we went on the air and you made some really interesting comparisons uh, even just within this broadcast industry itself like does anyone question the allegiance that larry beal has for hawaii right even though he was able to parlay his career into one that took him all the way to espn as a sports center anchor and then establish himself as a news and sports anchor uh, of note and prestige in the bay area and that continues now like his ties to hawaii are always real and will always be there and i don't think anybody would dare question that neil everett yeah. for crying out loud i mean made it to the, the top of the mountain so to speak in this industry um al michaels who wasn't born here that wasn't raised here uh, but a guy who spent the early portion of his career uh, sitting in the booth with my grandfather as a matter yeah. of fact uh, mentioned my grandfather in, in his latest book um he he had strong ties here uh, but obviously his career took him elsewhere and he is at the height of the industry and and even as recently as a Jemai Webster, a Taryn Hatcher, people who infused themselves into the community and chose to leave. And that doesn't mean that they did not like Hawaii or they 
didn't want to represent Hawaii anymore or tell the stories of Hawaii. It's just what they chose to do. I mean, Jemai Webster is someone who loves the state of Hawaii mm-hmm. and comes back all the time. And I talk to him probably weekly. Um, that doesn't mean that he turned his back on Hawaii. It just means that, hey, this is an opportunity that he wants to tackle because, again, it all goes back to you only get to do this once. Yeah. You only get to w- live this life once. And if, if there's something out there for you and you feel like it's for you and it's something that you want to do, by all means, go and do it. Yeah, and because and, we'll always also never really know the circumstances that only the family really understands, right? For us, it's all from the outside looking in. It's all just a very sort of one-dimensional thing, right? Like, okay, he was wearing an Elon uniform, or if you want to talk about another athlete, he was wearing a University of Hawaii uniform before deciding to transfer elsewhere, and that's the equation right there for yeah. all of us to then cast judgment on. Whereas there's so many more factors involved, right? I mean, we didn't even get into, and I think it was very classy on ja- uh, Jason's part to not necessarily talk about, I think, the, the potential expense factor. He's, they're going up to a school that is tuition-free. It's basically a tuition-free charter school with an incredible athletic program. Uh, and so you you perhaps, you know, you minimize the expense when it comes to tuition. We all know, hey, look, you know, I'm an Elani grad, proud true Iolani grad, uh, but it's expensive. Private school tuition mm-hmm. in Hawaii is expensive, and not every athlete or student athlete is able to get any kind of, you know, tuition waiver, you know, quasi-scholarship or anything like that. That's not the case with all athletes, um, and so that probably is something that factors in. The travel expense. This is a guy who's going to all of the camps everywhere, right? Playing club basketball for travel teams. You know, just got back from Arizona. The travel from they're in Utah, right? And they're going to be attending Real Salt Lake Academy. Like, they're in Utah to go to all of these different locations to try to be seen. Like, that's going to be so much less expensive than having to travel from Hawaii. So there's there's that stuff, too. And it is unfortunate, perhaps, because, yeah, we would love for this to be a, a fertile enough land to be able to um, grow this kind of talent and, and see this kind of talent develop and be able to fully support the the young athletes that Hawaii produces right from birth and to see them then jettisoned into whatever national mainstream or, or wherever their their careers take them it would be fantastic if we could just rely on that but that's not the case for everybody and I think that's just the the reality that's just the truth yeah and, and something else that you and I were talking about earlier is that you know we 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 see this thing in sports, and we're looking at it in the sports world. But, you know, take a second to take a step back and, and look at other um, professions or, or other career uh, choices in regards to, you know, music, right? No one ever complains about a local artist moving to the continental U.S. and signing with a record label that is not from Hawaii and putting out albums and going on award shows and all these things, right? No one ever thinks about that, that, hey, there's a whole music scene here, mm-hmm. right? You could be on the radio here. You could perform here. You can get a, a show in Waikiki and play there instead of the MGM Grand, right? But no one ever thinks about that turning your back on Hawaii and not doing it in the state of Hawaii. And so... You know, you just need to be able to to look at it that, you know, it, it, it's not always about just the uniform that mm-hmm. you're wearing, like you said. It's not always just that every decision that was made was just 
purely based on who you represent. I mean, who you represent is how you carry yourself, right? That's how you represent Hawaii. Whether you're in Hawaii, you're outside of Hawaii, it's it's how you treat people. It, it's uh, keeping customs alive that wherever you, you are. That's the true representation of Hawaii. Yeah, and I, I think what I'm appreciative of uh, I think, it, it, you know, as, as we sort of always try to bring it back to the impact on Hawaii, and you have now in place as the head coach of the University of Hawaii football program, Timmy Chang, and you have these other coaches who I think have really established themselves as being very sort of pro the idea of, hey, we're going to have athletes from here or that have ties here that are going to be playing elsewhere that will decide to leave and test the waters. Our goal is we are going to keep the door open and we are going to be here with open arms mm -hmm. to welcome them back if that is what they ultimately decide. And how many great careers in University of Hawaii uniforms have we seen from athletes that tried to go elsewhere or even prepped elsewhere and decided to come back and mid-college career transfer back to the University of Hawaii and establish themselves as great players? Like, that concept to me should be automatic. And I don't understand anybody that would question that. And that has always been an issue for me with pre Previous coaching regimes in a variety of sports that seem to not believe in that philosophy that hey look you chose to go away so see ya that's it your uh, opportunity to play for the University of Hawaii is powers like that is just bad business yeah and you know and along those lines uh, on social media recently you see the University of Hawaii having uh, official visits unofficial visits with big-time high school stars prospects that that are ranked you know in the top 15 nationally at their respective positions and some of the feedback i've been getting is what a waste of time why why is the university of hawaii even trying to recruit this person you know they're going to go to the sec or the big 12 or the big 10 or where whatever it is and and again that is exactly what you're talking about is you're building a relationship for the kickback because it is possible, especially in this world of college athletics, I mean, how many players stay at one school for their entirety of their career? It's rare nowadays. And so you're getting in on the ground floor. You're showing them what you have to offer. You're building a relationship in hopes that one day that, hey, if they're not signing with us this time around, then when their name enters the transfer portal, we're right there and saying, hey, remember us? Remember how much fun you had here in the state of Hawaii? Yeah. And, and, that, that's where it all starts, man. Yeah, I think another another name that that this sort of harkens to, right, who's very currently uh, part of the discussion when it comes to Hawaii basketball is Samuta Avea, right? He mm -hmm. went to Utah, prepped there, um, you know, got on the radar, I think proved a certain medal uh, as far as his, his status as a prospect. Then he came back to Kahuku, won a state title, went to the University of Hawaii, and, and here he is now trying to continue his collegiate career coming back from a back injury, and we'll see how that progresses uh, as he makes his return next year. Uh, but that's something that could be in the cards. You just never know, and, and I don't think we should begrudge families or athletes who decide, hey, look, I think this course might serve our desires to succeed best. Right, it might not be uh, the most convenient for us because we wanted to see JJ Mandiquit play his entire high school career in in uh, an Ilani uniform. You know, I wish uh, that that were the case as an Ilani alum. We wanted to enjoy him here in Hawaii hoops and represent Hawaii hoops, sure. But I don't think we should begrudge him if he and his family decide. I think this might be the better, more direct path to what our goals are. That's their prerogative. That is his talent, his skill set. Uh, I don't think we should necessarily be in the business of questioning that.
But that's not what Twitter is about. Twitter allows you to criticize everything, so I guess that's not really going to change the reality there. By the way, uh, Keegan Ota has suggested light that Thursday up with Rob DeMello. Do you want to explain that a little bit, Keegan? Yeah, so um, before when the Angels, like since Rob's an Angels guy, so before whenever the Angels would win, the broadcaster would say light that baby up in, refer in reference to Halo. Ah, wow, they haven't said that a lot lately. <laughs> I didn't make there the hasn't joke, been Rob. much lit. <laughs> it's real dark in Anaheim <laughs> right now. It's it's not safe to go out at night with you know without a proper uh, chaperone. Yeah, yeah, they've been out of matches for uh, quite <laughs> yeah. a bit of time there. Um, but okay, so so that light that Thursday up with Rob DeMello. That could be All like right. sort There's of the the moniker under the, the regular LTTU. show moniker. There you go, because that's what we need is a longer yeah. name for yeah, the show. Yeah. That's also good business, right? That that definitely gets you the viewers uh, and uh, really really uh, defines your brand. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're good business people. All right, 296-1420 is the number. You can also text in via the Sever Insurance text line. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're celebrating the 50-year anniversary of Title IX. And, of course, uh, Congresswoman Patsy T. Mink from Hawaii uh, was one of the co-authors of that legislation, and it changed the game quite literally, perhaps the most impactful legislation relating to sports that this country has ever seen. Uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that because who better to break down the impact of Title IX on female athletes athletes and female sports than two guys. So that's what we're going to do is when we come back, we're going to talk about some of our favorite female athletes all time as it pertains to Hawaii sports. That's when we come back on Let's Talk Sports. What's up? Welcome back. Thursday here on Let's Talk Sports. We're trying to come up with a name because Rob DeMello tends to be here on Thursdays. And so you yeah, have BTS Wednesdays with Billy Hull. It's Billy Talk Sports. Works out great. BTS, the K-pop band, is also Billy's wife Kaylee's favorite musical group mm -hmm. uh by the way it's kaylee's birthday i today doubt she's listening but if she is because she won't listen <laughs> on non-bts she's listening to this right now <laughs> but if she is happy birthday to kaylee happy birthday so we're trying to come up with maybe something that we can apply here for when rob DeMello from khon2 sports is in the house as he is today and we've gotten a few suggestions um we just mentioned keegan's suggestion that sort of harkens to the angels broadcast uh we also have here instead of tgif uh, how about T-R-I-T? Thank Rob, it's Thursday. Uh, that was put in by Tiny to Donnie. Yeah, hey. hey, Tiny, thanks for Tiny. the suggestion. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I like it. That's trit. <laughs> I like the, the, the... It just rolls off the yeah. tongue. <laughs> it sounds like a, like a drug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I was so tritted out last night. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, if you have any suggestions and you uh, want to uh, dare to submit, then you can via the phone line. 296-1420 is the number. You can also text in via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, all right, we are celebrating the 50-year anniversary of Title IX, uh, the legislation that was co-authored by Congresswoman Patsy T. Mink from Hawaii. Uh, it was revolutionary. It has changed the game quite literally, changed the world and the college landscape as it pertains to female sports. And of course, I think the legacy of Wahine sports, and I'm talking about University of Hawaii, uh, Rainbow Wahine Sports uh, in particular. I'm talking about Wahine Sports in general uh, as it pertains to the state of Hawaii. I mean, it is an enriched legacy, and there are so many outstanding individual athletes. So this is a very difficult sort of topic to broach because, I mean, it is so vast, right? And, and how do you break it down? How do you categorize it? How do you compartmentalize all of these incredible talents 
all of these incredible accomplishments and achievements. And so what we're going to at least try to do, and, and certainly if anybody wants to pitch in and help us out, please feel free. Uh, but we're going to try to break down certain categories, and maybe that'll help clear the picture a little bit so that we can select perhaps the one, two, or three greatest female athletes from Hawaii. I mean, you could do a whole category just on University of Hawaii female athletes mm -hmm. themselves, and, and maybe we should, but uh, maybe we'll start with something like most athletic. Like, which athlete, female athlete, did you look at? Did you see? I mean, and, and, of course, you know, we only have a timeline that goes back so far. There were many before our times, and so um, this might be skewed a little bit to our generation, so forgive us for that if that's the case, but if you have any suggestions, please feel free to chime in. But just the athlete that you saw on the floor, on the field, wherever it may be, that you were like, Oh my gosh, I don't think I've seen anybody that is more athletically talented than that. And we're talking University of Hawaii right here? Uh, let, let's, let's, let's start there. Okay. And then we'll, we'll open it up to general. So uh, most athletic, I'm going to go with Amber Kaufman. Oh, wow. Who okay. was a University of Hawaii women's volleyball player, also track and field. She won the 2010 national championship yeah. as the, the high in jump. In the high jump. In the high jump, which is one of the most athletic endeavors that, that you will see. And, and I just remember her time as a volleyball player and, and just the, the power that she had as an outside hitter and and then of course her going on to win the national title i mean that she she was a, a human springboard on that one so uh, i'd say amber kaufman would would be if not the one of the picks for me for most athletic university of hawaii Gosh. female athlete of all yeah, time that's a really good one uh because i mean to be a multi-sport athlete that 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 establishes you as something a little bit different and unique right uh, I would say Natasha Kai would mm -hmm. be one of them, Rainbow Wahine soccer uh, superstar who went on to play in the Olympics and professionally for many years. And just like seeing her on a soccer pitch was just something that blows your mind because of how incredibly fast and talented and powerful and kind of nasty at times mm -hmm. she was. I mean, she had an attitude out there uh, that was pretty remarkable. Um, Kim Willoughby, Kim Willoughby, I think, is the one for me. Kim Willoughby, the outside hitter, played alongside Lili Kahumoku. They had uh, the run all the way to the Final Four. Uh, that was an extremely talented team under Dave Shoji, but I just never saw anything like her, and I don't know if I've seen anything really like her since in a University of Hawaii uniform. I mean, she was like T. Williams, but maybe with a little extra chili pepper water, if you will, right? I mean, she just jumped a little bit higher, hit a little bit harder, was ferocious. I just never seen anyone play the game of volleyball with that much sheer power. Um, she was remarkable. Maybe the greatest female like, athletic talent I've ever seen, um, but in a university for what uniform, for sure. Yeah, and, and you know those are great picks right there. As far as athleticism goes, I mean they're they're the embodiment of of athletics, right? When you talk about University of Hawaii athletics, and you're looking at like uh, watching these people accomplish things that I could never dream I of know. accomplishing. Oh. The I high mean, jump? I mean, are you serious? The, the high, high jump? jump champion. I mean, and Kim Willoughby. I mean, she she was so ahead of the game at that time. I mean, you look around at at women's volleyball now. Oh, yeah. Everyone has a Kim Willoughby, mm -hmm. but at that time. No one else had a Kim Willoughby, and yeah. that's what made the University of Hawaii so special at that time. Yeah, Hawaii didn't have the 6'4", six, 6'6", six, six middle like some of the other bigger programs had, right, which was maybe why Hawaii ultimately didn't win the national championship. But based on just the outside hitting sort of 
dynamic that was Lily Kahumoku and Kim Willoughby. They almost did. Like, they almost did. It was crazy. All right, 296-1420 is the number. We have a couple of callers on the line, including uh, a good buddy, familiar name, Dave Reardon, columnist for the Honolulu Star Advertisers on the line. What's up, Dave? Hey, um, so I got a couple things. Um, Dietrich Collins. Oh, um, yeah. I think even, like, Amber yeah. IGD now you know, reminds a lot of people, sort of has shades of Dietrich Collins in her game. It's really remarkable. Centerpiece of uh, back-to-back champions, was it, I think, and national champions, and then Broderick Award. Um, and uh, I think um, if she had focused on basketball, potentially an All-American, wow. um, I have friends who played with her who said, like, she was a big difference maker under the boards, but if she had been able to put more time into it, um, might have been really good in other aspects of the game too. Um, but, you know, it's hard to hard to do two at a really high level in college. And um, uh, as there was a um, high school athlete I saw a few years ago who uh, did amazing things. And a lot of times, what puts it in perspective for me is when I see them at track meets. And um, it was Leah Galdera. Oh yeah, um, just the natural athleticism and thinking that this girl could do anything. You know, um, I think it was—I forget if it was a triple jump or a long jump—that um, was just kind of blew my mind. And same thing with uh, uh, Danielson. Um, oh, Kanani uh, Danielson. Like uh, she had, like I think she had high jumped once before the state meet, and <laughs> she goes out there and like blew them away, and just natural, gifted. And as far as, uh, uh, you know, Rob on Thursdays, I, I'm mellowing out. Oh, <laughs> I like yeah. it. I like it. Right. Like showing out, but you're mellowing out. Yeah, yeah. We're demellowing out. Yeah, anyone who knew me as a child yeah. uh, would be like, that is not the name <laughs> to explain anything that he's involved with. It's quite the opposite. Yeah. All right. Hey, good stuff. Thanks, Dave. I'm sure you got lots of people waiting out there to throw in their two cents, so. No, no recency bias for me, man. Yeah, no, that's good. Pretty long. We we need we needed a little bit of that perspective. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Dave Reardon, always a pleasure to hear from him. And uh, we do actually have a few people that have been uh, chiming in via text message. As a matter of fact, we had one texter saying uh, Michelle Wee is number one. She played against men, so that's sort of the uh, the bar that this texter uh, is 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 abiding by. Um, not sure if I fully agree with that per se, but um, but Michelle, we would probably be up there for sure with what she accomplished. Lily Kahumoku was another one we mentioned her, but uh, we had a texter that said Lily Kahumoku of Rainbow Wahine Volleyball got to be considered up there. Uh, Robin Amo, the head coach currently, best setter that this texter has ever seen, um, three-time Olympian. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. And you talk about athleticism. I mean, in order to be a setter at the highest level, and, and, and remember, beyond the University of Hawaii into international play for Team USA, I mean, being a setter is extremely difficult in so many different facets. And so, yeah, for Robin Amo to be one of the greatest, and, and some people argue the greatest setter uh, that the sport has ever seen on the female side, uh, that gets you into the conversation for sure. All right. Well, we got to take a break, but I, I'm, I'm thinking we got a little momentum here. We just continue this on the other side. You, you're down with that, Let's Robbie do D? That's right. We're demellowing out here on Thursday <laughs> on Let's Talk Sports.
Welcome back. Let's talk sports coming to you on this Thursday. I think we're going to maybe roll with the Dave Reardon suggestion. We're demelloing out. We have Rob DeMello, KHON2 sports director in the house. Tends to be here on Thursday. So there it is. Demelloing out yeah, on we Thursdays. Gotta, we got to do some uh, some new music that's super chill yes, yeah. and super mellow. And yeah. maybe get someone that can be like, welcome back to Let's Talk Sports. Or you go in another way that people tend to mellow out and you go with like a little bit of the rootsy uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know you what I mean? Some Bob Marley. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's some soja. That's another some method. There you go. That's another method to demelowing <laughs> so art. Yeah, yeah. Th that's what my friends say. All right. Um, two nine six fourteen twenty is the number you can text in via the Zephyr Insurance text line at the same digits. And we have a very patient caller. Thank you for waiting throughout the commercial break. We have John on the line. John, what's up? Hey, how's it? Hey, for U H Wahine, Willoughby, T Williams. Nice. As far as pure athleticism, yeah. Kanani um, Danielson for local girl. Nice. But overall, best athlete to me, pound for pound, from Hawaii, UH, whatever, is uh, Robin Omo. Wow, I, mean, I love it. Pound for pound. Like, she's in a position where there's one person on the court. She's not, she's been, her whole time at USA um, Olympics, she was, they were trying to, they were trying to get a substitute for her. They You're right. To get somebody to beat her. You're absolutely right. She was. Uh, I don't remember when we lost. Nebraska lost. We lost to Nebraska one year. They had a six-four setter, and they said she was going to be, you know, USA volleyball. Shit. They they couldn't they couldn't find nobody to beat her out for three Olympics. She got pregnant, had a baby, and they still couldn't find somebody to beat her out. <laughs> yeah. That's how great she was. That's how great, and she's born. She eats poi, she eats famu She's the greatest from Hawaii. Aloha. That's awesome. I Thank you for that it. call, John. That was really good and well thought out. And, and he's the passion, the passion <laughs> yes. that came with it. Uh, obviously a volleyball lover, too, for sure. And uh, and absolutely right. At that time of USA Volleyball, there was kind of, there, there's been discussion that there was a little bit of an ageist attitude, dare I go so far as to say, uh, where they didn't necessarily want to stick with the older players, right? They tried to always inject uh, more youth, and I think they uh, in, like intentionally marginalized some of the veteran uh, players and, and members of that, of that USA program, including Robin Almo, but she was just too damn good. They couldn't keep her off the floor, hence the fact that she was a, a three-time Olympic starter at the setter position. I mean, heck, even another great Hawaii athlete, Lindsey Berg, was on the USA team, and she was fantastic, some of the best hands that you'll ever see at the setter position. But she had a hard time beating out Robin as well. I mean, that's just how diligent and, and dogged a competitor Robin Almo is. And when you talk to her about volleyball, it like just blows your mind because she's, yeah. she's not here to do any of the cutesy tootsie stuff. Like she just wants to go out there and compete and win. And she expects her players to do the same. Yeah. And she has one speed and one mode at all times. And whether it's about volleyball or something else, I, I remember flying back with the University of Hawaii women's volleyball team from the 2019 regional in Wisconsin. And we got stuck at the airport. There was like a missed flight. And, and so we ended up watching the Max Holloway, the first Max Holloway and Volkanovsky fight on my phone in the airport. And she was going nuts. <laughs> she was going nuts. And we're talking about, like, oh, what we think the judging was for, for that. We both thought that Max maybe won three to two. Um, and uh, and when the, the announcement was made that Max had lost and, and lost his title, she was 
so upset <laughs> and it was crazy i mean we're in the airport and she's going nuts i loved it i loved yeah. every second of it yeah no there uh, there is um there is no facade with Ramon Amo. Like what you see is what you get. There's there's no sort of twist or or game to it. Like she is the real deal. It's 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 really awesome when you when you get a chance to confront that. All right. So we were talking about the most athletic uh, standouts that we've ever seen, just in terms of like athleticism, right? We we sort of spent time on that in that last segment. So let's kind of switch it over. We'll open it up beyond just the University of Hawaii, but uh, let's talk about maybe the the most dominant or most decorated athletes right that's a little bit more of like all right the proof is in the pudding here mm -hmm. this is more the resume uh, who's sort of at the top of that list and we're not just going uh here we're going across the board yeah a, a couple jump right out to me immediately and, and i think uh carissa moore uh as, as far as accomplished decorated i mean you look at the resume of five-time world champion an olympic gold medalist the first ever olympic gold medalist in surfing um, and so, I mean, I, I think it'd be hard pressed to find another athlete that has won five world championships in their respective sport. And, and so I, I think Carissa Moore, I'm going to put that as a professional, most decorated. And then collegiately, Tita Ohuna, yeah. who won national championships as a player, then goes on to become a coach and leads Hawaii Pacific University to two NCAA Division II national championships in women's volleyball. Um, then you add to it where just recently she's won a state championship <laughs> as the head coach at Punahou. And so when you talk about decorated, I mean, yeah. I, I like to see the trophy case of Tito Huna right yeah. now because every, in everything that she's done, everything that she's tried to set out and accomplish – She's done it. And she always wins, right? Even yeah. when she was the head coach of the boys' team at Kamehameha, mm -hmm. and they were winning. They Absolutely. were dominating. Like, she just wins. That is a great, great call there on Tita Ohuna, uh, just in terms of her overall success rate. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably unparalleled, to yeah. be honest. I'd like to go back. I mean, I, I'd like to look at it, and, you know, Jerry Campany at The Advertiser or Billy Hall, someone who, who are just mad scientists in the lab trying to look back, things like this. I would love to look back at her playing career win-loss record. And then when she first became an assistant coach, what the win-loss record was then. When she became a head coach at HPU, what the win-loss record was. Kamehameha boys, Punahou girls. I, 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 like, this is like my new mission. I want to know what that win-loss record looks like for Tito Ohuna because I don't ever remember a time that she wasn't winning. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> she she just exudes that kind of confidence too uh, when you talk with her. What do you do with cuz this this might be a recency bias type of thing. I don't necessarily think so, but what do you do with someone like Jocelyn Alo who just finished up oh, yeah. her collegiate career? You know, there's not necessarily going to be a ton of pathways for her to leave the same kind of stamp professionally in that sport. It is currently not part of the Olympic inventory uh, as a sport hopefully it makes its way back in there that would be something for sure what do you do with someone like jocelyn allo well she's a two-time national player of the year in her respective sport i mean there aren't too many of those uh here in the state of hawaii uh, whether it's men or women and so yeah she's definitely in the mix for most decorated and, and most stacked resume she's the all-time home run queen you know it, and that recency uh, bias i mean sometimes you just have to look at there are more opportunities now there are more awards now there are more there is more visibility now so of course there's going to be more uh recent names than names further back just based on because um 
you know, there are more All-American teams. There are more this and that. And so uh, it gives you a chance to be able to collect more uh, accolades over along the way uh, because you're playing in this current age. So Jocelyn Nalo definitely is in yeah. the mix there. So we're talking about greatest female athletes from Hawaii, of course. Uh, this is the 50-year anniversary of Title IX, the legislation co-authored by Patsy T. Mink, former congresswoman from the state of Hawaii. Uh, it revolutionized, uh, revolutionized sports and, and absolutely changed it for generations of female athletes. Uh, and we have no shortage here in Hawaii of tremendous female athletic accomplishment. And uh, it is just uh, such a great way to sort of honor the legacy that goes back beyond this legislation. Uh, but I think this is something that really sort of stamped it home and allowed for some of these incredible stories to take place over the last half a century. So, uh, you know, you were talking a little bit about in this day and age, exposure and all of that. That also ties into influence. And, and so that's another factor here in greatest athlete, right? Most influential. And whether you're talking about athletes who, who blazed a trail, who can be uh, considered pioneers, uh, or just overall impact, uh, where would you start there on that particular category list? Yeah, and I, I like that you actually mentioned that the uh, influential, you know, can mean different things, right? It could be doing something that's never been done before, which then allows others to follow in your footsteps. That's influential. It could be another one of just someone that brings awareness to the sport and someone that makes others want mm -hmm. to do what you're doing. And so a uh, couple of names, uh, Clarissa Chun, I ah, think influential nice. when you look at she was a part of the very first wrestling uh teams mm -hmm. as a state sport right hawaii was the very first state to have wrestling as part of the umbrella of of high school athletics and she was a part of that roosevelt team that that blazed the trail and then of course went on to do just incredible <laughs> yeah. things as an olympian and now the very first uh women's coach at uh iowa um in, in their wrestling program uh in the mixed martial arts world both alimale mcfarlane a former state champion at punahou as a wrestler is the very first flyweight champion in bellator history uh angela lee is mm -hmm. the very first atom weight champion in one championship history and what she's doing in asia you know it's almost like uh when you look at uh, when Chad Owens was in the CFL, it's almost hard to fathom that you have this whole country and this whole region that they are huge stars that I think some people in Hawaii don't even mm -hmm. realize how big they are in those places. And I was able to go to Singapore and watch Angela fight. And she is, I mean, one of the biggest stars I've ever seen in with my own two eyes in, in a certain place. So Angela Lee, Alima Lee McFarland, Clarissa Chun, all in that combat sport uh, type realm. But then uh, one more name I want to throw out, Kelly Majum from the University of Hawaii softball team. Now Kelly Elms. Uh, now Kelly Elms. When you talk to Jocelyn Alo, Kamalani Dung, I mean, so many other softball players that are doing great things now, they all say Kelly Majum was their favorite softball That's player incredible. growing up. And so, and then you look at Jocelyn Alo ends up breaking Kelly Majum's freshman, freshman home, home run, run yeah. record nationally when she was a freshman and so i think influence when, when you look at influential how many girls in the state of hawaii played softball in that time 2010 to you know up until she she stopped playing maybe just a little bit after that when when you look at who was six seven eight nine ten years old between 2010 and 2014 how many of them played the game of softball and mimicked kelly elms kelly majum at the time because of the way that yeah. she played the game and the smile that she had and the kind of person that she was that's actually a good call because you know 
it, it is a generational thing, right? That kind of influence. Uh, you can say so many of the current University of Hawaii football players still mention being inspired by Colt Brennan, right? Yeah. And that was part of the reason. They remember going to the games. That was part of why they fell in love with UH. That's why they were, uh, that was something that was so coveted to them when they got those UH scholarship offers and became part of that program. Uh, and I think what you're suggesting is that is a similar effect that Kelly Majum had on the Hawaii softball scene and so many up-and-coming softball talents. Uh, that's a pretty remarkable thing uh, to, to really consider. And, and so, yeah, that's a good one. I'll, I'll go a little bit more f way back on the pioneer front. Uh, and this is someone who's been recognized as a pioneer, is in the Hawaii Sports Hall of Fame already. Uh, and that's Rel Sun, right? Almost to the same degree, this incredible surfing talent that we are seeing on the women's side. The dominance of Carissa Moore, who's en route to being the GOAT, potentially. Um, Rel Sun is an international surfing Hall of Famer. I mean, she, is, she has a star on the Walk of Fame at Huntington Beach. She was one of the first first lifeguards for the uh, female lifeguards for the city and county of Honolulu um, and and you know passed away before her time for sure and and that was tragic but uh, her impact is undeniable and so yeah that all feeds into this right it's it's not just uh, the the overall influence because they were so popular and celebrated uh, a lot of it is what we're talking about trailblazing being one of the first making it seem okay for young girls to be interested in and pursue these kinds of endeavors. Uh, it's it's a really wonderful thing when you think about that whole mechanism. I love it, and I've always, obviously, I mean, I'm not the only one. I mean, you celebrate things that have never been done before. You celebrate people that can blaze a trail. You celebrate people that make others want to accomplish great things, and you're also showing them that these great things can be accomplished because, yeah. if, hey, if they can do it, I can do it, and I think as a father and watching my now children going through that and, and finding who they idolize and finding who they grow up in and want to be like, uh, it, it just makes it that much more special because I remember being a kid and Robert Kikaula watching him on television being like, I want to do that one yeah. day. That guy's Hawaiian just like me. I can do it. You know, watching my kids go through it and having people that they watch and, and see what's possible, I, I, I just love it. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, obviously, I think I'll, I'll throw in one more name and then we got to take a break, but um, another influential figure, that would probably be Michelle Wee. There were other mm -hmm. female golfers of, of, of incredible substance and notoriety from Hawaii before Michelle Wee, but that was just this combustible phenomenon that occurred in the form of this young woman, right, who was just hitting these, like, near 300-yard bombs at the age of 12. It was just ridiculous stuff. And I think what we have seen in terms of her influence, not just in Hawaii, but even across Asia, of these young female golfers who are trying to become, in some ways, the next Michelle Wee or surpass her accomplishments as a golfer but were inspired by her overall success, right, her fame, her endorsement, contracts at a, at a young age. I mean, I think she, in many ways, changed the game. And something that you could see and feel right now as we're as we're talking is that this week is the 113th Manoa Cup at the Oahu Country Club, one of the most prestigious golf events in the state of Hawaii, which now has a women's division. There will be a final tomorrow. That was created because of the boom that Michelle Wee created with what she was accomplishing as a teenager here in the state of Hawaii. And then at a snap of a finger, you had so many young girls signing up for golf, wanting to be a part of golf, and thus Manoa Cup adding a women's division a few years ago. All right, so uh, we are so overdue to take a break. When we come back, we are going to pick one, all right? You're going to pick the GOAT, female athlete of all time in celebration of Title IX, and we'll try to squeeze in the best and worst. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports.
All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports. We're diving into the fourth quarter here of this Thursday edition of the show. We're demeloing out with Rob Demello. I'm Kanoa He coming to you from the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. All right, do you want to make a quick pick? Goat, all-time female athlete, real quick before we do best and worst? I'm going to go with Carissa Moore. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go Carissa Moore. You, you kind of stole my thunder oh, on that, you? man. I'm sorry. I think I'm going to probably agree. This is good sports talk radio. Yeah, yeah. We're totally in agreement with one another. Like, imagine first take. It's like <laughs> Stephen A. Smith and, and Chris Mad Dog Russo, and they're just like, you know, the point you made about Jason Tatum? Really eloquently put, and I totally agree with that. <laughs> All right, see you next time on first take. All right, I agree. I think I'm going to have to go with Chris Moore, too. Wah, wah. All right, um, best and worst. Okay, my best is going out to University of Hawaii men's volleyball players, Jakob Tella, Cole Hoagland, Philip Humler. Uh, Humler was the head coach, Tella and Hoagland assistant for the 13U Nakeki Mauloa girls volleyball team who went on and won the AAU National Championship this past weekend. Just over a month removed from winning a national title <laughs> for the second time in a row at the NCAA level, these three individuals coach a 13 and under girls volleyball team to a national title. That's my best. That's pretty good. That's Tita Ahuna-like already, <laughs> these guys. You know what I mean? My goodness. Uh, all right, so mine's going to be way more trivial. I'm revisiting a previous best because this is still, like, going and blowing everyone's mind. The College World Series Jello Shot Challenge at nearby Rocco's Pizza and Cantina over there in Omaha. It's adjacent to the ballpark where they're playing these games. And uh, it was Arkansas and Ole Miss way out in front. Basically, this bar is selling these Jello shots, and these fans are being represented on a Jello Shot board. They're calling it the Jello Shot Challenge. And right now, uh, a major change in the action where Ole Miss has surpassed Arkansas with, at least as of two hours ago, 8,766 Jello shots taken and purchased. $4.50 per, by the way. Oh. Arkansas, 8,378. Arkansas was way out in front by like almost 1,000 just yesterday. Uh, by the way, Stanford, last place, 198. Nerds. Wah, wah. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I don't even know where they get the refrigerator space to be able to, like, make all these Jello shots. It seems absurd they, to me. They don't even have a cash register that big to take all that money. <laughs> I know. My crazy. Goodness. All right. So that's my best just because that's uh, really, really funny. Uh, what's your all right, my worst? Real quickly uh, about the best that I talked about. If you missed it, I did a story on it last night on k 2 You can go to social media and, and watch nice, it if you missed nice. it. Very yeah. good. Well Cha done. <laughs> uh, my worst is that plug. No, my worst, Ohio State University winning the trademark for the word the. Yeah. So they own the word the for trademark and licensing purpose. It's the word the. I know. That's crazy. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, you now owe them money because you said oh. the word the. Yep, that's right. Okay, so the worst for me, darn it, <laughs> is uh, this is really bad. You know French's, the uh, the company that makes like mustard and ketchup okay. and that kind of stuff? Uh, they're coming out with special for the summer, uh, special edition ketchup popsicles. Ketchup-flavored popsicles. Uh, yes, French's ketchup popsicles. Uh, available wherever you get your ketchup or other condiment popsicles. That seems a little is weird to me. Is that a thing? Like I don't know. Like, are there mustard popsicles? Like, are we going to start seeing relish? some of that? Like A1 popsicles? Like barbecue oh, barbecue sauce popsicles? This is like a like new punishment. thing? <laughs> so that's that's definitely my worst. You're not interested in that? Uh, no, I will pass on the uh, ketchup popsicles. I do not like that. All right, all right. Well, uh, hey, it's been fun demeloing out with Rob DeMello here on this Thursday. Uh, looking forward to doing it again. Thanks to all the callers and texters for chiming in as well. Big thanks to Keegan Ota working the board. See you tomorrow, everybody. Let's talk sports. Shoots.